Hello and welcome to Reading with Gary, a mindfulness podcast series that can be used as a sleep aid or to ease your anxiety and relieve your stress. I am your host, Carrie Favel, and I am so thankful that you've decided to spend some time with me. Beatrix Potter is back on the podcast. Her stories are fun, aren't they? This is the Heart Activation Breathing Method. Close your eyes and just focus on breathing for a moment. Don't change the pace forcefully, just notate the process within. Try to gently encourage your breathing to slow a bit, perhaps internally count to four. Let your breath rest within your lungs for just a beat and then let the breath back out on a count of four. Resting with your lungs empty for just a beat as well. Now imagine your breath going into and out from the heart. Biologically, we know that it is our lungs that perform this function. But for the sake of this exercise of aligning your mind with your heart, Visualize the oxygen entering your heart or your chest and exiting out from there as well. It might help you to put your hand over your heart as you breathe to direct your focus to your heart. Settle into the rhythm of your breath, slowly coming into your heart and gently leaving it. Into your heart. Gently leaving. It's okay if your mind wanders. Just make note of it and bring yourself back to focusing on your breath. Let's now focus a bit on our mind. We are going to think of three things you should be grateful for. You may be in a difficult situation or time in your life right now. And so this question may be hard to answer. That's okay. You can be grateful for small things, like the air you breathe and the water you drink. Or you can name something on a massive scale. That's good too. Just try to answer the question, if you could, what would you be grateful for right now? Or what do you hold in your heart? Focus on just one of these three things for now. Focus and be truly grateful in this moment. Think whatever it is in your mind. Metaphorically embrace this thing for which you are grateful. Now move your attention to the second thing you are grateful for. The second item you hold in your heart. Again, It can be very simple like your favorite beverage, or perhaps a pet, or even an item you own. Right now, be truly grateful for that thing. Think about what it brings to your life, and thank it internally. And now, move on to the third thing for which you are grateful for. It doesn't have to be something physical. It could be a concept or an idea, perhaps an activity you enjoy doing, 
or a blessing you feel you have in your life. Focus on this item and be truly grateful in this moment. Really see it in your mind and feel the joy it brings you. Slowly bring your focus back to your breath once more. Just sit with the rhythm for a moment without adjusting it in any way. When you're ready, open your eyes. Notice two things in the room that you haven't noticed before or haven't paid much attention to in a while. Look around and notate the first item. Really see it. Name that item and review it. Now find the second item and focus your attention on it for a moment. Name this item as well and look it over. Great job! You've completed the exercise. I like to take a nice, long, slow sigh to celebrate and I invite you to do the same as well. If you need to, you can sit a bit more with your natural breathing rhythm. Stop when you feel ready. And now here's the story. The Tale of Squirrel Nutkin by Beatrix Potter A Story for Nora This is a tale about a tale, a tale that belonged to a little red squirrel, and his name was Nutkin. He had a brother called Twinkleberry and a great many cousins. They lived in a wood at the edge of a lake. In the middle of the lake, there is an island covered with trees and nut bushes, and amongst those trees stands a hollow oak tree, which is the house of an owl who is called Old Brown. One autumn, when the nuts were ripe and the leaves on the hazel bushes were golden and green, Nutkin and Twinkleberry and all the other little squirrels came out of the wood and down to the edge of the lake. They made little rafts out of twigs, and they paddled away over the water to Owl Island to gather nuts. Each squirrel had a little sack and a large oar, and spread out his tail for a sail. They also took with them an offering of three fat mice as a present for Old Brown, and put them down upon his doorstep. Then Twinkleberry and the other little squirrels each made a low bow and said politely, Old Mr. Brown, will you favor us with permission to gather nuts upon your island? But Nutkin was excessively impertinent in his manners. He bobbed up and down like a little red cherry, singing, Riddle me, riddle me, rot, tot, tote, a little wee man in a red, red coat, a staff in his hand and a stone in his throat. If you'll tell me this riddle, I'll give you a groat. Now this riddle is as old as the hills. Mr. Brown paid no attention whatever to Nutkin. He shut his eyes obstinately and went to sleep. The squirrels filled their little sacks with nuts, and sailed away home in the evening. But the next morning they all came back again to Owl Island, and Twinkleberry and the others brought a fine fat mole and laid it on the stone in front of Old Brown's doorway and said, Mr. Brown, will you favor us with your gracious permission to gather some more nuts? But Nutkin, who had no respect, began to dance up and down, tickling Old Mr. Brown with a nettle and singing, Old Mr. B, riddle me ree, hitty pity within the wall, hitty pity without the wall. If you touch, hitty pity, hitty pity will bite you. Mr. Brown woke up suddenly and carried the mole into his house. 
he shut the door in Nutkin's face. Presently, a little thread of blue smoke from a wood fire came up from the top of the tree, and Nutkin peeped through the keyhole and sang, A house full, a hole full, and you cannot gather a bowl full. The squirrels searched for nuts all over the island and filled their little sacks. But Nutkin gathered oak apples, yellow and scarlet, and sat upon a beech stump playing marbles and watching the door of old Mr. Brown. On the third day, the squirrels got up very early and went fishing. They caught seven fat minnows as a present for old Brown. They paddled over the lake and landed under a crooked chestnut tree on Owl Island. Twinkleberry and six other little squirrels each carried a fat minnow. But Nutkin, who had no nice manners, brought no present at all. He ran in front singing. The man in the wilderness said to me, How many strawberries grow in the sea? I answered him, as I thought good, as many red herrings as grow in the wood. But old Mr. Brown took no interest in riddles, not even when the answer was provided for him. On the fourth day, the squirrels brought a present of six fat beetles, which were as good as plums in plum pudding for old Brown. Each beetle was wrapped up carefully in a dock leaf, fastened with a pine needle pin. But Nutkin sang as rudely as ever. Old Mr. B, riddle me re, flower of England, fruit of Spain, met together in a shower of rain, put it in a bag tied round with a string, if you'll tell me this riddle, I'll give you a ring. Which was ridiculous of Nutkin, because he had not got any ring to give old Brown. The other squirrels hunted up and down the nut bushes. But Nutkin gathered Robin's pincushions off a briar bush and stuck them full of pine needle pins. On the fifth day, the squirrels brought a present of wild honey. It was so sweet and sticky that they licked their fingers as they put it down upon the stone. They had stolen it out of a bumblebee's nest on the tippity top of the hill. But Nutkin skipped up and down, singing, Hum a bum buzz buzz, hum a bum buzz. As I went over Tippletine, I met a flock of bony swine. Some yellow necked, some yellow backed. They were the very boniest swine that ever went over Tippletine. Old Mr. Brown turned up his eyes in disgust at the impertinence of Nutkin, but he ate up the honey. The squirrels filled their little sacks with nuts, but Nutkin sat upon a big flat rock and played nine pins with a crab apple and green fir cones. On the sixth day, which was Saturday, the squirrels came again for the last time. They brought a new laid egg in a little rush basket as a last parting present for Old Brown. But Nutkin ran in front laughing and shouting, Humpty Dumpty lies in the beck with a white counterpane round his neck. Forty doctors and forty rights cannot put Humpty Dumpty to rights. Now Old Mr. Brown took an interest in eggs. He opened one eye and shut it again. But still he did not speak. Nutkin became more and more impertinent. Old Mr. B, old Mr. B, Hickamore, Hickamore, on the king's kitchen door. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't drive Hickamore, Hickamore, off the king's kitchen door. Nutkin danced up and down like a sunbeam, but still old Brown said nothing at all. Nutkin began again. Arthur O. Bower has broken his band. He comes roaring up the land. The king of Scots with all his power cannot churn Arthur of the Bower. Nutkin made a whirring noise to sound like the wind, and he took a running jump right onto the head of Old Brown. Then all at once there was a flutterment and a scufflement and a loud squeak. The other squirrels scuttered away into the bushes. When they came back very cautiously, peeping round the tree, there was Old Brown sitting on his doorstep, quite still, with his eyes closed, as if nothing had happened. But Nutkin was in his waistcoat pocket. 
This looks like the end of the story, but it isn't. Old Brown carried Nutkin into his house and held him up by the tail, intending to skin him. But Nutkin pulled so very hard that his tail broke in two, and he dashed up the staircase and escaped out of the attic window. And to this day, if you meet Nutkin up a tree and ask him a riddle, he will throw sticks at you and stamp his feet and scold and shout, The end. Poor baby. I know he was obnoxious, but to lose your tail? I picture him looking a bit like a chipmunk now. <laughs> I actually enjoy watching the birds and little critters come by and eat the seed we put out. And sometimes I do get the squirrels and chipmunks mixed up if I don't quite see the fur pattern or their tails. Maybe that's why I like Beatrix Potter. Her stories were inspired by looking out into her garden, and I often come up with similar thoughts when I watch from my windows. The moral of the story seems to be clear. It's about respect. If you're rude or antagonize someone, don't be surprised if they fight back. Looking at both Peter Rabbit and Squirrel Nutkin, they both share the same rebellious nature. I think for the younger audience, rebellion can seem like freedom, the choice to be yourself and step out of the box. But once you get a bit older, you'll realize that rules or regulations are there for a reason. An easy example would be the old, don't touch the stove, it's hot. Sure, you physically are able to touch the stove, but what happens if you do? You get burned. Peter had to run for his life, he lost his clothes, and he got a tummy ache. Nutkin had to sacrifice his tail to save his life. I think there is a balance to be had, from feeling like an individual and not a cookie-cutter citizen baked by society, while also realizing and respecting that certain laws and rules were created based off of others' hard life lessons. R.G. Risch said, Respect is a two-way street. If you want to get it, you've got to give it. I think as simple as that sentence is, it's quite powerful. Without getting political, I will say that a lot of the disagreements we have could be understood and perhaps even compromised on if only we respected each other enough to listen. For the sake of our mental health, I want to also quote Confucius, respect yourself and others will respect you. Thank you for listening. I welcome you back anytime you may need to hear a comforting voice or a familiar bedtime story. Title, The Tale of Squirrel Nutkin. Author, Beatrix Potter. Version, Dover Edition, first published in 1972 with the authentic Beatrix Potter color illustrations. It is an unabridged republication of the work first published in 1903. This work is in the public domain in the United States as it was published before January 1st, 1923.